This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the fastest, the easiest, the most professional, user-friendly, intuitive way to make your very own website, portfolio, blog, or online store. And if you, Nick Brecken, mm. go to squarespace.com and use the offer code THUMBS, that is T-H-U-M-B-S, nice. the offer code THUMBS at checkout, you will get 10% off your first purchase and a free domain name thrown in there as well. Everything you need. That is squarespace.com with the offer code THUMBS. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> <laughs> ha ha! Games! Oh. Oh. No! <laughs> what was that? That's not allowed back just because it was referenced in a montage like three times. That's a... Uh, oh, you can't say his name! <laughs> We're not live. Games! <laughs> Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh jeez. <laughs> that was my true favorite memory that I couldn't talk All right. about. <laughs> Nick, what are you looking? Hmm? Oh, I'm just looking at gamegrub.com. This is what you do. <laughs> oh man. Hottest gaming news the, for exist? the week ending at 8-18-13, so uh, potentially... Uh, <laughs> Game of Grub up for grabs! <laughs> so we've they're, not, so we've, they're no longer a, a food thing. No. Well, they might be. They we've might a, be. we've acqu- acquired... Uh, Pizza. <laughs> I was going to say oh, we've wow. acquired like, the, the Interplay IPs. the same logo, I remember now. it. I'm buying it. Yeah. Oh, fuck, oh, really? you, oh, it's still on Amazon. Wait, okay. This oh, wait, should... currently unavailable. Okay, yeah, okay. Gamer Grumps. Okay. It's done. It's done. It's done. They just still have the This, could, this could be us, you guys. We could get, like, we could pick up real cheap, like, Battle Chess uh, or, like, the <laughs> MDK license and then also a couple Gamer Grub flavors and we could start oh, yeah. our own AAA uh, lifestyle brand. <laughs> oh, man. From the makers of... Guns and pizza. What else is there? All right. <laughs> <laughs> that's literally the... See that? That's the tagline. Oh, man. Woo-hoo. This could be on a podcast. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Remember Gamer Grub? <laughs> Games! <laughs> Starting with Idle Thumbs 301, we're just going to go back through the contents of Idle yeah. Thumbs 1 and reassess. I think Gamer Grub might have been episode 2. I think it was episode 2. Mm-hmm. This is Idle Thumbs 302. <laughs> Grub! <laughs> Poop your pants, pizza. Um, <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> fuck everything. All right, let's go. You talk about Mario. <laughs> yeah, you know what? <laughs> that was the past. It's t- it's, let's get current. Super Mario Brothers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the <laughs> news gamers crave. Uh, All right, let's go. Let's fucking do it. It's March second, twenty seventeen. This is Idle Thumbs 301. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Nick Brecken. <laughs> Hi, Jake. Hey. Oh, it's me, Jake. Oh, it's Jake. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Hi. Hey. <clears throat> How's it going? Good. We're back back on Idle Thumbs we after are. that a break of our new show. Yeah. Last week. Yeah. 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 And um, yeah, thanks for checking that out either last week or the week before. Um, also, thank you to. Uh, we're living in a post. Goal to Patreon world. That's mm. true. Yes, we set a goal for ourselves to. Well, we set two goals to both uh, cover rent for our, the studio in which we record Idle Thumbs, and another goal to cover the sort of 
main monthly recurring software and hosting costs I li- involved. I like that you said we set two goals for ourselves. Yeah, we actually cover set them, rent. We set them for you, oh, our that's audience. True. Oh, yes. right. so, oh, right. Thank yeah. you very much for achieving these goals that we set for you to help yeah. us out. It's yeah. really it's really amazing. No, um, we, we appreciate it enormously. And Nick, if you haven't seen it, Nick released an absolutely incredible uh, video thanking you for this. And I shouldn't say anything else about it. So go to patreon.com slash idle thumbs and please view it. Yeah, it's under the posts section. There's the like goal to reached post. Yeah. Um, watch that video. Please watch it. Um, watch it now and then come back. You'll, it's better than whatever we're about to record. <laughs> <laughs> like, so check, yeah. check that out and then come back here. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, and also <clears throat> if you have been subscribing to our new podcast, important, if true, uh, thanks for doing that. If you liked what you heard last week or whenever else, uh, and you are one of the people who signed up. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And uh, in, the, in the words of Mario, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that on that note, actually, on that note, shall mm. we shall we get into some video games? You our, guys? our segment, Super Mario Words. Oh my God! Fuck off! Huh? <laughs> Fuck off! Huh? <laughs> Super Mario Words. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Sorry, Super Mario 3D words. Is that better? <laughs> uh, we have several, several Mario-related ideas in yeah. the mail in the mailbag. Okay. So we're just gonna dig. We're just gonna dig right into it. Uh, Keith writes, "Hello, Idlecast. Hmm. I've been listening a long time, and I wanted to say congratulations on a successful podcast as a 300. Oh." Well, this is a link to something stupid. Uh, he says, as a 300th episode present, here's a way to cut bagels that has changed my life. And he links to this. <laughs> We've had an email <laughs> malfunction. No, I, I watched this video. Have you guys seen this? Yeah, I separately I watched this. Oh, is this the Mobius Strip this bagel? This is the Mobius Strip bagel. Yeah. I think it's nonsense. I think it's garbage. So yeah. I don't want to dignify it with any more it's a lot of, discussion. It's a lot of effort for not a it's lot of It's a lot of, of effort for, for a questionable goal. So I'm sorry, Keith, for dumping on your bagel. Bagel. <laughs> he continues, also, I've been meaning to write in regarding the whole Mario Wario theory, as my friends and I have had this discussion quite a few times. Uh, first, between Mario's Time Machine, the, th- the true third Mario teaching game. What? Are you guys familiar with Mario's Time Machine? Oh, so, the, oh, um, so this is the where in time is Carmen San Diego of Mario's, I imagine. Because mm. pr- there's Mario teachers typing, then he went missing, and then I guess Time Machine. Okay, well, yeah. I forgot about that. This is an NES game, I think. Yeah. No, it's a computer no, game. No, there's no way it's an NES game. No? These, yeah. That's all Super Nintendo era. Yeah. Mario teaches typing is post-Mario world. There might be an NES port, you know, for schools that hadn't upgraded to Super Nintendos yet. Hmm. Mario's Time Machine. Crazy. <clears throat> uh, this was a DOS game, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and oh, then SNES. Yeah. Please. Well, oh, and SNES. Wait it, a and minute. NES. Wait a minute. Yeah. NES. There yeah, was a NES game. Thank you. There was a port a year later yeah, 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 yeah. for the NES. They backported yeah, 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 yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. A little downgrade. There you go. Mario Time Machine downgrade confirmed. Wow. Yeah, well, fascinating. Yeah. So it's a it's a history teaching game. Um, yeah, it's like Mario at, at, in Egypt. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, anyway, so so Keith continues. Between Mario's time machine, Mario and Luigi partners in time, and the ending of Super Mario Galaxy 2, where Rosalina literally helps Mario recreate the Mario-verse, if Mario is not the creator of the Mario-verse, he has definitely recreated it in his desired image. Did, you, did anyone here complete Mario Galaxy 2? No. I did no. not see this ending. What, what the hell? Uh, Keith continues, I'm convinced the Master Hands are actually Mario's, and ah, from Smash Brothers, <laughs> and that all the Smash Brothers games take place in the time between the end 
of the universe and its recreation at the end of that game. And given Mario's propensity for time travel, he just plucked himself out of some time stream to play with himself. Secondly, you can actually see the transformation of Mario into Wario if you take the games in a certain order. Particularly with New Super Mario Bros. 2's gold coin obsession being the last game in the Mario version of the Marioverse, and Wario Land 1 being the start, given its mechanics so so much closer to the normal Mario games compared to the sequels of the Warioverse. Okay, wait, so New Super Mario Bros. 2, Gold Coin Obsession being the last game of the Mario, uh, Marioverse, and, and Wario Land Wario 1 in being Wario the start Land 1. of the Warioverse, okay. yeah. <clears throat> right. By the time Wario Land 2 comes around, uh, the Mario to Wario transformation is completed given the story focusing on collecting coins and Wario's invulnerability no longer requiring him to gather mushrooms and stars. You can see it as a tragic drug story if you see these permanent side effects of abusing both super mushrooms and super stars. Probably got hooked on these super soldier drugs fighting to keep the Mushroom Kingdom and Princess Toadstool out of the hands of King Koopa. I use the old name because surely Bowser and Peach are descendants or progenitors of King Koopa and Toadstool to be saved by Mario having time traveled to feed his lust for more fame and mushrooms uh, anyway <laughs> <laughs> i feel like we're i feel we are being taken to school yeah right now. i know uh, i i feel like i i'm in a class that i ambitiously signed up for and i'm just fucked now like, <laughs> I'm i love like, mario, oh, yeah, mario. Goose. <laughs> i love making up how mario games connect uh attention so i'm just gonna sign up yeah to like De- the upper the, the upper grade like the upper division class it's like i'm Mario great at, i i know everything about this i no barely i barely tested out yeah. of of mario <laughs> lore 101 I a, but i fucked myself now i got a three on my mario ap test yeah, in no, high school is, and then, like it pushes me right, right I, can, I can squeeze in there it'll be easy video games right I can't quite read novels in French, but I'm sure if I, I could just jump into this one. Yeah, anyway, welcome to school. <laughs> Mario has a time machine. Fuck. I didn't even know I didn't even know half of like the like facts being presented here, let alone the well, implication of the facts. Yeah, I can apparently read Mario lore, but I'm not fluent in it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um Jesus. Well, do we want to just read the other Mario emails and then yeah, let, consider it? I mean, there's a lot to keep in I know. our heads. I already feel like I'm yeah. I'm it's <laughs> spilling out of my brain. Let's read the other pathetic attempts at Mario lore after we just after, after, after that yeah. just like mic drop. Okay. Mike Elliott writes, "Hi thumbs. Uh, in Idle Thumbs 296, you guys point to Mario lowering Bowser's flag and raising his own M flag as the first step on the road that would lead to Mario becoming Wario. In the U.S. and I believe the U.K., military bases and other government buildings that are in distress are supposed to fly the flag upside down. Could an upside down M flag outside a conquered Mushroom Kingdom castle have been the beginnings of the Wario name? Oh, shit. <laughs> that is hardcore. That is really amazing. <laughs> okay, good. I also... <laughs> I also wanted to note I've been an avid reader since episode 84, and I'm happy that you guys are branching out and trying the new show. I still remember walking down a street in San Francisco listening to you talking about Sight Glass Coffee, and just at that moment, I looked up and realized I was outside of Sight Glass Coffee. I immediately, re- I immediately recoiled away from the building. My brain made a snap judgment that I was being pranked or this was some kind of trap, <laughs> and I got weird looks from passerbys in the process. Keep casting those pods. Congrats, Nick. Best wishes, Mike Elliott, Mike Danger on the forums. That's really good. Yeah. See, I, this is the kind of this is the kind of one that my brain can deal with because it's like I have one idea, and a, a dumb person can understand it, and so I'm like, oh, an M is upside down, and it's a W. It's like the same amount of intelligence required for them to have created Wario in the first place, right? Yeah. Like Nintendo. I mean, it's like, what if it was upside down? 
I understand it. That's really good, though. Yeah. Because that's like a clean... Mm-hmm. I mean, that fits perfectly into the previous well, email right. as well. Like, it yeah. doesn't step on yeah. anything. The, the thing that I'm looking for is... Like, so the previous email, definitely, like, any cracks or gaps in our garbage version have been filled in and then, like, not only, like, smoothed out, but, like, paved with gold by the first email that came in. Like, right. just... But, yeah. but the, thing that, the thing that is still missing, and this, like... Mario. God, that's true. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Available for Super Nintendo, Nintendo, and MS-DOS compatible. Um, no, the, the thing that's missing is the actual thing that will... The, the story that will never be told, which is the actual moment when Mario right. becomes Wario. Yeah. And, like, mm. in a good story, you don't actually... Need it. Sh- you don't need that. Yeah. But since this is the discussion of lore... Oh, you the, definitely need Where the fuck That's is that? Yeah. And I feel like the, the flag uh, in distress turning upside down mm-hmm. is like an actual We're starting piece. to scrabble on the... Yeah, like, we're getting, yeah. We're, where's the yeah. Rogue One of this story? Oh, and after, you know, I mean, it took 40 years for us to get Rogue One, but I feel like Mario's coming up. So when's Mario's Rogue One moment? When are we going to get to finally see yeah. the and, and have it be, you know, the most popular Mario game of all time? How did Mario become Wario? Fans have been asking it forever. It's been implied, obviously, (laughs) to great detail. Yeah, right. It's like how astronomers, um, you know, detect, (laughs) like, discover new things by, like, the absence of things that they Mm -hmm. already do know about. Then there's like, yeah. well, if this isn't, if this is like not this and this or and this, or the periodic and this, table like of elements, right? The of existence like, of this other thing. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. you list you, the the creation of the periodic table of elements included a bunch of holes, uh, which everyone just read as that guy being a smug fuck. But he's like, no, nah, I'm pretty sure I figured it out actually. And then they've just, they're filled in. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, I always wondered that about the periodic table. It's like there's a number, like they go in order by number, right? So yeah. I'm like, I, couldn't you just discover I, them by just like. Well, there's a number, like number 17, if we don't, like, gotta be one there. I read something about this. I'm a moron, FYI. I read something about this just a couple weeks ago, because the way that they're organized is not literally just, like, incrementing single things. It is sort of, like, thematic chemical slash thematic uh, Uh things. Someone, people, a chemist. Some person (laughs) will know what this, oh, chemists. The cool ones, the sort of lame ones over here, the sort of green, the green one, the the ones you think are green, probably. I mean, (laughs) if you look at the shape of a periodic table, it's not like neat. It's fucking strange. And there's a bunch of sense to it. Well, some of them are theoretical in the sense that like they know they can't exist, but they haven't found them on Earth, right? Like, isn't that sort of the See, case? that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, we, we got to move on from this because okay. we're, we Sorry, don't know what Mario, will teach, Mario will teach you. Uh, <gasps> yeah, why wasn't in, there a Mario uh, game in, about in, this? Yeah. <laughs> Elements are missing. <laughs> um, all right, we have one more. This is, actually a, <laughs> this is actually a forum post by AJR82 on the Idle Forums. Oh, you can learn more about uh, the previous discussion by watching the opening credits to Breaking Bad. I think that will fill in. <laughs> that's true. Um H.A.R. writes, your whole discussion of David Cronenberg's Dr. Mario had me thinking about the movie Cronenberg released just after the fly, Dead Ringers. This movie is about a pair of codependent brothers who are also doctors. They assume each other's roles and pose as each other, player one and player two, perhaps, and descend into madness, mutilation, and a disturbing collection of painful-looking gynecological instruments. Basically, what I'm saying is that Dr. David Cronenberg almost definitely predicted the game Dr. Mario and the future direction of the Mario franchise in 1988. I've actually seen this movie. What was mm. it called again? Dead Ringers. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really, in, it's an intense movie mm. uh, with these these two brothers who just get further mm. and further into the notion of like sort of 
it's very body horror, you know, like sort yeah. of surgery as art kind of thing. And they have all these, like, it's really. I wonder if you, so there's a chance, it's a slim chance. And I'll say it's a pretty, pretty, pretty slim Definite? chance. Oh. It's pretty, it's confirmed. It's locked yeah. in. This, I imagine, was actually Nintendo's first foray into licensing Mario out. <laughs> And then it got away from them. And then them. they they, like, they, oh, they pulled know. the license late. Oh, I see. They pulled, yeah. And like they had, they had ADR, a, a ADR new names, names for the right. characters. Sure, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, but yeah, I bet yeah. if you found the original like working screenplay to this, right. it said uh, either untitled Dr. Mario film or right. Dr. Mario or... Doctors Mario. Yeah. Super Mario Brothers, their doctors, you know. Mm-hmm, yeah. Super Mario doctors. Yeah. they. I mean, it's strange that it didn't work out when they gave... The Doctor Mario license to David Cronenberg. I mean, they were really surprised when it didn't. Uh, well, when it, it inspired I mean, this was the, the video era. game Doctor Mario. That's though. true. That's true. They did. End They've up been working with... on that as the tie-in for this Cronenberg movie. Yeah. And then they saw the Cronenberg movie and went, "Fuck, put Doctor Mario the game in the vault for like at least two or three years, <laughs> so people can't figure out that there was going to be right. that these were related projects, and then we'll release yeah. that separately." Right. Mm. I mean, Doctor Mario was probably what, like ninety-two or something. Yeah, it was, it was <clears> ninety-one. Vain. Yeah. 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 I mean, so, this was the era when like David Lynch got Dune, and you know, well, they mm. took another stab at a sort of dark. Shitty, uh, underlit, like sort of evil, high concept Mario movie later, but just with you know (laughs) with a less impressive name, who they could control. They still lost control of it, and it was a piece of crap. But you can see some of the roots of that in that vintage of David Cronenberg. I think. Mm -hmm. Mm, I think that's true. And you know, the Super Mario Brothers, the movie licensed game, uh, also was never released. I just tried to search for the. (laughs) I just I was like, I wonder who directed the Super Mario Brothers movie. I just did a Google search for Mario Brothers. Well, I was like, oh, I'll just find that movie. And then it corrected you to all this, caps, Mario like, Brothers. Uh-huh. No, that good, didn't work. Good, it didn't good, work, good. guys. I was like, I'll just scroll down until I get to that. Um, I, I'm sure people have talked I'm about still this doing before. It. Yeah. Um, but you know how this is this is an obvious line of inquiry. Mm-hmm. But you know how the Street Fighter movie exists. And I do. Was Paul W.S. Anderson, right? Yeah, and it's, it's a good it's not quite the same era, but it's in that it's still in that nineties zone where like the title cards are like try to look like they're made of like chrome Whoa. metal and stuff, but they're actually just airbrush painted that then someone puts a shine on. Yeah. You know, like mm-hmm. but they made Street Fighter the movie, the video game that had that's like was right. trying to take Street Fighter and make it compete, I guess, with Mortal Kombat, sort of, where like yeah. it, it was like everyone was the actors, but they were green screened mm. and stuff. It does really make you wish for Mario Brothers, the movie, the game, mm. yeah, like yeah. A, a darkly <clears throat> lit, shitty, like it would be on Sega. It would, <laughs> <laughs> it, would it would be like a shitty Genesis game, uh, Mario just like Brothers, that gritty, like <laughs> fucking Mario Brothers, the game yeah. available on Sega Genesis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where it just competes with like a bad Batman game or right, something. Yeah, exactly. Because weirdly, yeah. the license got like the actual <laughs> game right. rights to the movie were licensed to like Simon and Schuster or right, something. Or just, yeah. Whatever film weird, studios yeah. like we've got an exclusive <laughs> game license with Sega for yeah. all of our movie games. Like right, they're yeah. making THQ's making it along with the Mask <laughs> game. Right, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's competing with like the Ace Ventura Two video game. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Did you guys know that the directors of the Super Mario Brothers movie were Rocky Morton and Annabelle Jenkel, who were the co-creators of Max Headroom? Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. So like, oh, we can't get Cronenberg. Well, get like, the Max Headroom <laughs> guys in there. Wait a minute. I think that kind of makes sense when you look at well, Bowser, right? Well, one woman. But yeah. yeah. Th- yes. The, yeah. the aesthetic of the of the yeah. Mario Brothers movie may, looks very much like Nintendo hoped they were going to get some interesting 
interesting 80s, 90s people, and then they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. <laughs> God, if only it were even more of that. I mean, I guess that's... Oh, I mean, this is when just, was the last time full, you when like, was the last time you saw <laughs> I mean, the on. Super Mario Brothers movie? Chris. Well, yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm not saying one should I don't, go rewatch it. I don't it. actually think I've seen it all the way through. I've seen a lot of scenes. It's the entire thing takes place in like just God, it's fucked up. Silly string cobwebs and like yeah. weirdly like underlit uh, industrial gratings and like Goombas are huge fat guys in leather jackets that then just have like a tiny mushroom head. Mm-hmm. Like it looks like what you think it would look like but it's that doesn't make it good right i mean <laughs> it is a hundred percent those tiny heads really really stuck with me though as a, as a child in a horrible way but just like yeah it probably i mean in, to some degree it like not having uh, uh watched a cronenberg film as a kid uh this is probably as close as i ever got until <laughs> i actually watched sure. a cronenberg film <laughs> like, yeah. this is probably it's, it's not like that cronenberg far off. for kids yeah it is it's cronenberg light yeah, yeah it's it's disturbing I feel like a, a nice wrap-up movie with some good infographics would really help explain this to people, but mm-hmm. I don't know if I have it in me to do what is probably two weeks of work to do that justice. You, you mean know? combine all of these discussions? Oh, my God. Yeah. That'd, be, that'd yeah. be intense. Sounds, I mean, really, instead of combining a, them into one video, mm-hmm. the thing to do would be to actually write all of it down, including all of this time travel stuff, and then hire Christopher Lloyd to explain it on a blackboard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's true. This is a GDC talk. Uh, this, this is, is really what you're building up to. Talk. This is a lot of a lot outside of GDC. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, all right. Well, um, AC Missius writes on the topic of of what is a uh, a casual gamer, especially relative to Mist, as you raised on episode 300. I'm going to say as Jake very rudely raised on episode 300. Um, uh, the reader continues, I offer you the series of monogamies from my life. Tetris, hundreds of hours. Mist and Riven. Kingdom of Loathing, going on 11 years and probably at least eight or nine of them daily. Beyond that, I have more aspirations than realities. Got sucked into the whole Rusty Lake f- franchise on iOS. Never heard of that one. Hmm. Otherwise, mostly twiddlers and time wasters like Dungeon Raid, Crossy Roke. Road. I hope that's Crossy Road. I hope it's actually Crossy, Crossy Roke. And it's, <laughs> it's a weird off-brand gonna guess it's not yeah Su- uh <laughs> subara city etc or mindless building games like tiny tower happy street etc um probably if i weren't a working mom i'd have more time to dive into something new and immersive but the room is about the only thing uh that i can recall lately and it only happened because the spouse and i took it on together uh number two somewhere along the line you stopped having tunes in your podcast not just new songs by chris but anecdote music and other bits more guitar please acm p.s did i mention i'm a chick yes uh yes and i I, I'm wondering if that PS is because I know this person has written in before, so I, I apologize mm. if I misgendered you in the past. I usually try to av- to avoid she said using mom in this email. Though. No, I know, but I I'm wondering if oh, she's referring yeah, yeah, to previous because yeah. I recognize this like username. I see. Um, so I usually try and avoid um, gendered pronouns if I don't already know. Yep. Um, but I'm sorry about that if I did mess it well, up. Well, I have to say that for all of the dumping on old mist. That I <laughs> yeah. that I do as a person who d- also genuinely does like those games, even though I yeah. didn't as a kid. My life for literally the last two months has been wake up Saturday morning, mm-hmm. play forty minutes to two hours of The Witness, uh-huh. and that's the video game that I play. That's my game. You're also Jake. Like, let's just be totally honest. Out of all the people who are on or have been on this podcast, you're the least able to to to. Uh, Yo, I, I know. Think to- <laughs> 
<laughs> to call out the casual <laughs> gamers. I'm I'm basically not a gamer. I'm nothing. I'm a game appreciator. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> um. Also, The Witness is really good. The Witness guys. is really good. I don't know if you guys no. heard about this game, The Witness. Mm. Uh, I think it's by the guys who made Mist. It's really good. <laughs> <laughs> I like The Room as well. Uh, she mentions The Room in here. I played The Room and The Room 2. Mm. Yeah. Sam writes, Hi, Thumbs. Uh, a couple of things. On the new show, Robot News and Nick doing Jeff Goldblum. Yes, please. Uh, anyway, for some reason, I always called the kind of game addiction you talked about at the beginning of the last episode, Game Lock. I don't know where I might have picked that up. I think the original Civ was the first game I got really hooked on that way. Me too. Also, you talked about nostalgia in games. There are tiny moments I remember from games that have stuck with me for a long time. In the original Fallout demo, I don't recall if this made it into the final game, when you use the called shot mechanic to shoot an enemy in the groin, sometimes their call out in response would be, uh, my groin is the groin of fire. My friend and I played the demo over and over just for that. <laughs> Lastly, on save files, when my parents got our first real computer, a 386, we got mostly shareware games. One of the first ones was called Pharaoh's Tomb, a platformer where you play Nevada Smith exploring the depths of a pyramid. This game had only one save slot, and you saved by pressing a key, I think S, and loaded similarly with one key press. My dad and I were both playing it, so we each had our own disc since there was only one save per disc. One day I accidentally hit save instead of load while I was on the first level, destroying my save. It just so happened that my dad's save file was on the same level I had been on, so I asked him if I could use it. The funny thing is, I knew that if he had been farther along in the game than I, we both would have felt wrong about having me use his save. But since we were at the same point, I was able to load up his game, swap discs, and resave onto my disc. All right, that was a lot, so I have a discussion question to balance it out. Do you guys have any favorites from the Shareware Glory days that you remember especially fondly? Thanks, and have a good one, Sam. Man, I kind of missed Shareware a little bit. I mean, uh, yeah. I, I remember checking out like an EB or something and seeing like Shareware discs, but they were always... Oh, really? At the EB? To me, it always yeah. felt like... like uh, this, Could you this, just take this them? seems cheap. Like, like I always felt like, oh, these are clearly <laughs> this Quake game clearly is some kind of oh, cheap man. knockoff of wow. something else. It's only four dollars. It can't possibly be a anything. wait. So they sold you the shareware episode. Yeah, they sold you yeah, the they, free. They would package those I think and, it's and like, leave yeah, them at the yeah, counter, kind just of like uh-huh. like like candy, slightly right? above like, cost. Yeah. You could buy the demos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which yeah. I mean, yeah. to to be fair to EB, that's like a tradition for how to distribute shareware. That yeah, goes it is way 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 back of like dumpy computer repair store having yep. basically like the comic book box mm-hmm. but full of floppy disks that you would leave through and then the guy would sell it to you for 3x the markup cost like yeah. the cost of buying the disk <clears throat> the person's time copying the data onto it printing a label onto it and then also just sure being yeah, able yeah, yeah, to charge yeah. you money for it because you don't have a modem right? yeah i remember going to like com- well, I only did this once, but I went to a, like a computer, computer show, show and sale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and that that kind of stuff was definitely sold there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember downloading shareware games, but I feel like that's past the era in which like yeah, no, this, my, is, this right, counts. Right. Right? My fifth grade teacher, I think I've talked about this on the show before. My fifth grade, fifth grade teacher hosted the city's Apple II user group out of his classroom. Yeah, yeah. So I went to that mm. once a month, um, and there were always a couple of guys who yeah just had the huge. Basically, like briefcase of just it, it, they they were just all sit down at the table, but yeah. they looked almost like uh like an old timey like cigarette salesman in a mm. in a club yeah. or something, except that right. it was just floppy disks of like a million paint programs and disc utilities and video right. games and stuff. But like, I think all of my best memories of that stuff since I had an Apple II GS, which is not like a notable system, were just clones of other things. I was like, I loved that one version of Spy Hunter that right. was probably not licensed, but a yep. guy made a shareware game of. And like, mm-hmm. I loved yeah. that Pac-Man that was clearly not actually Pac-Man, but was pretty good. Uh, that was most of the stuff that that I ended up that I ended up playing at that point. I mean, then like 
after that, all of my most notable shareware associations are probably everyone else's, which are like, at least in the U.S., like Apogee Games, id Games. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember my friend, my friend, uh, like John- Wacky Wheels, <laughs> the Mario Kart ripoff. Yeah. My friend Johnny Jewel gave me. That's uh, a good I name. I know. I know. Uh, he gave me the first episode of Doom, the Doom Share, which I believe was Knee Deep in the Dead. Yes. Mm. I think was the shareware. And I remember he gave it, it was, I was so like. I was at it. So his dad, I think, was some kind of programmer by trade. So he was like basically my like window into computer games mm-hmm. um, or any games, you know, because I didn't have a, I didn't have consoles, and so it was PC games was it. And uh, he, I think, he was the one who copied Civ One onto like thirteen discs or something for me, um, however many it was. And um, I think I might have gotten X Wing from him originally as well. Um, before I got, I, I, which then I got Tie Fighter on my own. But anyway, I remember he he copied me the the Doom shareware, and I I because he had this like sort of privileged like view into the world of games, I kind of I think just absorbed all of his opinions, uh, not opinions, but his like impressions. Mm-hmm. You know, he'd be like, "This is this thing," and I'd be like, "Oh, it like." Yes, the thing you said about it is correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I remember he gave me Doom, and one, it was called Knee Deep in the Dead, and I was like, "Wow, wow, that is intense!" Like I did not, I had no, at the time that I right. received that, I had no exposure to anything that would be titled Knee Deep in the Dead. I, like that was just such like an overwhelming <laughs> phrase for me. I remember, you know, I was in like second grade or something. I don't know how old I was, <laughs> right. but like must have been around there. You were corrupted. Yeah, and I remember also he gave it to me, and weirdly, like, despite proactively handing me this disc, he was like, this is Doom, it's a shoot 'em up it's really, it's bad, it's like only unintelligent <laughs> people would like this, and I'm like, what? Like, oh, I guess you're right. Like, this must be bad. Also, it's called a crazy thing. But also, like, why are you giving it to me? Like, I just, I, like, <laughs> like, I'm, I don't, and it wasn't even, I don't even, it didn't, it wasn't as, I don't think it was that he was trying to suggest, like, yeah. you like stuff like this. This is stupid. And for you, it seemed like it was that, like, a sort of um, elementary school version of the, like, self-defensive aloofness. Right. Of, like, he probably thinks this is fun, but also doesn't want, but, like, wants to maintain yeah. right. he this, also like, knows sense that the of superiority. He's been talking about are a flight sim and civilization or whatever. Right. So I was like, this one, you just... I guess, oh. yeah. Or his dad thinks it's dumb. Yeah, that was probably it. That, I be, you know what? His dad is like, uh, guarantees yeah. that's what it was. That's, that's, that's I've never thought about this until just now. Yeah. You're 100% correct. I... Absolutely you certain think that's what dad, it was. His dad, the computer programmer, blew off Doom because he just doesn't. It does. It only has. Well, his dad. His dad was a was a, a British man who was like really intelligent and really good humor, just like a really friendly, mm-hmm. nice guy, but also like sort of exuded intelligence and probably had made some remark mm. about just this is dumb. Yeah, but it probably it probably <laughs> wasn't as dismissive as that. Right. But he probably said something intelligent about it. And then the way it filtered down to like an elementary school student who's like self-conscious about being perceived as an intelligent person is like, oh, doom, it's unsophisticated or whatever word a second grader would have said, you know. And I sort of just like received that. Oh, yeah, I bet it is. Yeah. And then I went to a friend's house who had uh, uh, Wolfenstein 3D and I played through, I think, like pretty much the entire game at his house. And was like, this is great. This is better than Doom. Doom is like bad, and for like people who don't who don't know what a good thing is, but like 
I played this game and this was Wolfenstein is really fun. So that's a good one. And I didn't identify that they're the, the same game. Like they're the same game. <laughs> yes. I mean, they're not, but like they're, you yeah. know, obviously Doom is, is, is a lot more ambitious in a lot of ways, but like in terms of anything that you'd be talking about when you're as a kid of that age right. being like this one's a good, the good version of the thing <laughs> there's nothing better about like. Wolfenstein but I'm just like because I played it before anyone had a chance to tell me that it wasn't like good I was able to just form my own opinion which was just like right. I just had fun playing it I end. like though I like the idea that you um, would have noticed all of you're like I mean Doom may have dynamic lighting and non-square rooms <laughs> and you know better sort of strafe and dodge enemy encounters but my friend said it was bad so Wolfenstein is better is, is good <laughs> yeah it's a good one he didn't address that one uh, <laughs> leaves room in my brain for it being a positive experience yeah I don't know uh, and then like I don't know, 20 years later, uh, when Nick, when you and I were playing at Shack News, when they released, I don't know, actually, I don't remember if you were still at Shack News or not, but, uh, or if I still was, but when they released Wolfenstein 3D on Steam, I played through the entire game for some reason. Mm. I remember just sitting down at one point and playing through all of Wolfenstein 3D from start to finish. It was a completely pointless experience. Yeah. Uh, but I had fun and just kind of like, the same way I had fun playing through like Rad Racer for eight hours in a mm -hmm. row once I bought an old NES off eBay. Anyway, uh, shareware. <laughs> <laughs> Should we take a break? Yeah, oh, sure. let's, let's, yeah, break. let's take a break. This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Squarespace. Mm. Squarespace is the fastest, the easiest, the most user-friendly, intuitive, responsive way to make your very own professional website, portfolio, blog, or online store. And if you, uh. Nick Brecken, or if you, mm. Jake, go to squarespace.com, make your website, and then when you check out, use the offer code THUMBS, you will get 10% towards your first purchase, and you will get a free domain name thrown in there as well. Huh. Yeah. Can you even imagine what kind of amazing website you could make? I can imagine it, because last week... Or I guess two weeks ago, Steve uh, oh, yeah. talked about how he made a website that just points to his stuff on Squarespace. And I was like, you know what? That's the last straw. I'm finally just going to do that, and I'm going to use Squarespace mm. to do it. So that is my next... Oh, you're you're, you're going to do it. This is what I'm going to do, yes. I mean, it's not going to take that long. Because Squarespace is... Because Squarespace e is, is the easiest, fastest. <laughs> it is all of those things. Most convenient. How have I never done that? I haven't had a, I haven't had a <laughs> I current know. portfolio had, yeah, online publicly ever, I yeah, don't think. Just don't, now thinking yeah. about that, I don't know if I've ever done it. Yeah. I know. I had this, I've like bundled I had some together for job interviews and stuff, but I've never just been like, fuck it. I should just put my entire mm -hmm. like collection of trash on the internet. Mm -hmm. I mean, as usual, Steve... Just Dude actually just, just goes it. and does the thing, yeah. and we're all we're garbage. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm gonna do it. I'm totally gonna do it. Cool. Yes. Uh, I hope you do it, and then I'll just copy yours. <laughs> I mean, what you don't need? What's the need? It would be easier. Well, to make your own with the drag and drop tools. That's true. That you could be like, I really provides. like the theme. Chris, what theme did you use? I'm trying yeah. to start my own site, and I need to know <laughs> yeah. what theme to use. And then you'd be like, Nick, it doesn't matter what theme you use. They all look nice. They all work really great on a mobile phone, Nick. Mm -hmm. It's squarespace.com, offer code thumbs. They're all, you, can you get 10% off get 10 any of them? Of you get that domain name with any of them. I mean, Nick, they're all they're all good. <laughs> they're all just any of them. <laughs> okay. Any of them, Nick. We're just, just use any keep, of them. We're just going to keep soft talking Nick on this website. Nick, if you go to any Squarespace. Any theme is great. If you go to squarespace.com and use the promo code thumbs. I guess I better do it. Yeah, Nick. Ah, <laughs> oh, join us, Nick. Okay. 
I feel like I played shareware, but I feel like it was Mac, like, um, oh god, what was that era? Like the Quadra series. Like, did you play like a lot of Ambrosia software games? Like, uh, that? like, like I remember this game, like this tank game that was, I think it was. Was it three D or two uh, D? Was I it? I think it was three, like, like very, very early three D called Spectre. Yeah, yeah, Spectre was okay. Well, there's so Mac shareware. Like there's was, a bunch of for uh, a while in the late nineties. Like before Steve Jobs, basically after Steve Jobs to before Steve Jobs, Apple yeah. shipped a lot of shareware as bundled stuff with their Macs. Right. Spectre and Spectre Challenger, there was one called Spin Doctor. That Spin was like, Doctor, was I was like, going to mention that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those games were really big. And I think Apple shipping those on the Mac actually is what made, is one of the things mm. that made the Mac shareware scene kind of legit. Like it, mm-hmm. they kind of blessed okay, shareware interesting, interesting. by putting it on there. Because the Mac shareware scene was huge yeah. for a long time. It still kind of is. Um, like, a lot of pro software for Mac is still basically bought on the shareware model. That's true. Um, but yeah, th- that's I mean, like, that suite of like like uh, yeah. mid '90s Mac shareware. Spectre, like, I played the fuck oh, what was it? Out of Nanosaur was uh, that was a later. That was the uh, that, that was later. In the actual the, discussion. Yeah, 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 3D game. The, the, yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, Spectre Challenger, Spin Doctor. God, I feel yeah. like there was a third one in there, and I can't remember what it is. But there was also like. Hypercard player was just like a hypercard demo, and there was like, yep. some, like cheesy puzzle stuff. And on Mac, the, the number one go to is the 3D graphing calculator <laughs> for me, where you can make weird 3D shapes by just pa- like basically right. spamming any equation you could think of into it, <laughs> yeah. and then get like a weird undulated fold. But yeah, Apple went as far as, like the, the like Mac pack in stuff was a, started off with that shareware stuff, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And then there was eventually an era that was, I think, the early Steve Jobs era where like you'd get your iMac and it would just come with seven, eight, nine CD-ROMs of yeah, just yeah, packing yeah. stuff. Wow. And that was like, you. it was weird stuff. Um, that was like the era where like Nanosaur and Bugdom and all these 3D games by a company called Pangea were on there. But then like MDK was given out for free with Macs mm-hmm. for a while, which is really mm-hmm. strange. Crazy. And a few other games of that era, as well as like I'm sure, like, Grolier's Multimedia Encyclopedia or oh, whatever. Man. But um, Mac Shareware. Yeah. Mac Shareware is its own weird thing. Yeah. That must have been, like, I guess I guess I'm thinking of, like, 96 probably is specifically That's like the pre- I have a vivid memory of playing Spin Doctor with my friend after school and then calling the radio station and requesting Bullet with Butterfly Wings. So I it was clearly you were going to say and requesting the Spin Doctor. The Spin Doctor. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, no, that era that you're describing is also, like, uh, like CD-ROMs were around, but not mandatory. It was like the the yep. Mac shareware pre-graphics accelerator, mm-hmm. but post. Uh, yeah, it was like every all the Macs ran yep. at like Super VGA two fifty six color resolution. It was yeah. when yeah, I had like that attached. The Journeyman project CD-ROM. was yeah. all the rage. Oh man! <laughs> oh god! Yeah, I had a I, yeah. At that time, I lived across the street from some kids who were like one year younger than I was, and they had a Mac with all that stuff. And it seriously felt like they played games from another dimension. Right. Like they had journeyman project and I'm like, what this is like missed, but like weird. Like I, it like all their games felt like from a bizarro universe of games that I had no, like I, tether, I can remember to whatsoever. I can remember yeah. getting the CD-ROM because like we had the computer, like the mm-hmm. the Quadro, whatever. And then like my dad brought home the One X Speed CD-ROM. Oh, we did the exact, the, oh, literally and, the exact same thing. Being, being fat, able to like, play scuzzy CD-ROM oh God, yeah, yeah, with yeah, a yeah. huge and a caddy. Yeah, yeah, and I remember just like loading up like a nature video or something, and I was just like watching like full motion video on my computer, and it just yeah. felt like, holy shit, this is the future. But yeah, it was just a fucking we did video. The same I mean, thing. like we, it's just like a TV thing. Like it's not. 
not it was it shouldn't well, have ours, felt special. Ours came with games. Amazing. I mean, yeah. we, were oh, at, yeah, yeah, we yeah. went to Sears, and my dad had this this weird moment of like, let's get this CD-ROM thing for the mm. computer. It, literally, the only time my dad ever displayed any interest in using that computer. Like ever, I mean, as far as I'm you aware, you were happy about it though. I was so stoked about it, and it had King's Quest Six and mm. Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis. Oh wow! Both with voice because yeah. at that time, like it came with a sound card. It came with a sound like a the, the CD old drive, sound blaster. The CD drive that I got had Monkey Island One CD-ROM version, which had no oh, voice. Wow. Loom CD-ROM version, which had yeah. the weird Redbook audio voice, and right. like half the content right. was cut. And the seventh guest. Which was like that's a the seventh guest was like a CD brain melting game. experience. Oh, my yeah. parents, that was, yeah. parents wouldn't let me have any of that. Uh, stuff. And then I think we bought Rebel Assault, and our PC was too shitty to uh, run it. So like the video played, <laughs> and we're like, "Wow, it looks like Star Wars on the computer!" And then it just like stuttered out and broke. And then I oh, like, I had that experience. And then too. I took it to yeah, my yeah, friend's so house who had, a, who had yeah. like a 486 better one, and it worked. And I was really sad. LucasArts was always really good at including demos of their other games. And t- I mean, that's not shareware, yeah. but like there was always a tantalizing. Uh, yep, the good know. demos folder. Yeah, but yeah. Ah, uh, Mac pack-in shareware. Yeah. Good times. It was good stuff. It's not a thing anymore because they've got no. the App Store now, but that's stupid because the App Store doesn't have demos. The App Store is I a know. shareware killer. Mm, yeah. <sighs> End of an era. <laughs> <laughs> that was a while ago, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Apple including that sort of shit on their computers was pretty c- like constant up through, I think, pretty recently. Oh, yeah? Right. When Steve Jobs died, he took shareware with him. <laughs> God, Jesus. Steve Jobs is buried in a grave full of demo discs. Demo discs, yeah. yeah. 4605, that's what I had. Gross. Blop, blop, bloop, blop. Yes. Blops. A blop, blop, bloop, blop, a blop, blop, bloom. <laughs> Black Ops theme. <laughs> theme from Black blops, Ops. Blops, the f- <laughs> blops. 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 Commonly, uh, commonly known as the Bogue Fish. Commonly known as Black Ops. Yeah, right. Yeah. Blops. Blops. The, Latin the original Black, Blops. 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 <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yes. Blops. Blops. Blop. 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 This is hilarious, Nick. That's just... <laughs> Uh, oh, damn it. From that yeah. opening of that of Blops Five or whatever. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cut that, to like a like... Huey chopper flying across the jungle. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger sitting in the seat. A blop, blop, blue blop, blast. Blasting that... out of the PA. <laughs> is that uh, that is the song is that for Predator? Scottish? Who's the guy? So is it? Is yeah, that... it's the oh, song okay. that plays while they're flying in a fucking the jungle okay. in Predator. Oh, shit. Yeah. Is that is that guy like is he British or <laughs> Scottish? That I think he's English. The. Uh, the guy who in the Call of Duty games who's like the grizzled, you're like grizzled, like sideburns man. I don't know. I haven't played one of these I games in a while. You know what I'm talking about? No. I, okay. I, like, I was hoping that he's the one who introduces this. Oh, I see. Yeah. You know? yeah. I think like, Nick's, Nick's uh, sense is right that it's actually, it's not a licensed <laughs> predator thing, but it's just, fuck it. We got Schwarzenegger. We're putting the song in, but he's saying blops instead of bops, and it's just going to be an homage um, but then there's not actually a predator. It's there's a winking just more homage here in, <laughs> in here in, in Call of Duty in Call of Duty Black Ops Seven yeah. Dishonored Predator <laughs> Blops Blops. <laughs> in our new game, the Black Ops Blops Blops. <laughs> 
we've reimagined the rich mythology of the Predator universe. But it's it's it's, a, it's our own unique twist. Uh, it's a new <laughs> enemy may, we call the Blops. <laughs> you may recognize those <laughs> those aficionados of the Predator world may see a few loving. Uh, tributes here and there. I think true uh, uh, Black Ops attentives, the people for whom uh, the people who coined the phrase "blops," uh, mm. which we've now adopted into our lore, will have noticed that we've oh, been yeah. planting the seeds. The fanon uh, has really blops fanon. The blops fanon. Uh, we bring really you live to our the- correspondent on the scene, blops fanon. <laughs> <laughs> He's here on the E3 show floor. What you got for us, blops? Uh, blue blop, blue blop, blop, blops, blops. <laughs> that. that. I, I, I yes, I'm excited to be in the blocks. <laughs> <laughs> this E3 show floor interview with Arnold Schwarzenegger and a guy who just keeps excitedly saying blocks, <laughs> who's named blops. Yeah, we, we recorded a uh, commentary mode for uh, Call, of, Call of Duty blops, blops, seven blops, uh, featuring its lead actor this is the scene in which I say blops blops I love it I love this scene uh, you can tell because I like the blops I I I I always forget forget that Arnold Schwarzenegger, when he is on commentary tracks, just describes describes what he's doing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger doing a Let's Play would be insufferable, but it would also just be a (laughs) Let's Play. Oh, man. That's totally true. It would be. It would just be what... Yeah, Yeah, as a whole, I'm scared now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, guys, come come out and I shot him. (laughs) So he's just retroactively (laughs) describing his current experiences? He's he's playing it in present tense as he's playing through the video game. Right, right. But he's he's externalizing all of his actual emotions. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is scary. It's scary. I'm very tense. I do not know what, what is coming. What? 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 As this, ah, you see, he come out of the closet now. <laughs> I find it's very, I like it, very scary. Man, I'm going into like Cookie Monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I used to be a lot better at Schwarzenegger. I haven't had any practice. <laughs> yeah. At least I didn't go into the the Sesame Street count. Oh, it it was stretched. I had the wrong screen resolution set. (laughs) Hold on. Uh, uh, I'm going to restart the stream. Take so long. Why just change the screen? Why is it waiting? You will have to restart the Twitch page. (laughs) Don't go away. Uh, It says I'm playing Minecraft. I'm not. (laughs) I've I've updated it, but it's not updated. (laughs) Hey, guys. It's me, Arnold. <laughs> Doing third anniversary Blops playthrough to commemorate the time when I was in Blops. <laughs> blops, Blops. Uh, uh, it's also animal. Like, it's just, this is just like, <laughs> yeah. are you That's a cartoon voice? Are you a generic sort of low register cartoon voice? Yeah. If so... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's that time that Arnold Schwarzenegger was in Blops, Blops, Black Ops 7, Blops, Blops. <laughs> Codename Blops. Dishonored Blops. Dishonored Predator. Oh, you're right. It's Dishonored Predator. Uh, you guys want to do some reader mail? Sure. <laughs> Isn't that... Uh, yes. As opposed to whatever that was. <laughs> yeah. That's, you guys want to never do that again? No, I... Mm-hmm. Uh, Kevin Hainline writes, Nick has had kind of a frustrating time with Bloodborne. Can he chat about how he's found the game? <laughs> 
Well, Nick? <laughs> I, I can't say anything about this game without getting in trouble in one way or another. Man, There's game, no you, way to talk about these games. To, no. Your relationship to this game seems a lot more tortured than your relationship to previous Dark well, Souls games. it is, is tortured that because I actually, I think, I like the game uh, potentially more, like the max potential really? of me liking this game is much higher, I think, than the Dark Souls games. Really? As much as I like those games, yeah. I think I think the bar is is much higher with with Bloodborne. I didn't realize. The frustrating aspect is that they ha- there's this there's this the uh, people who know these games they know the in Dark Souls when you die and respawn you get a full complement of health potions mm-hmm. essentially. Uh, in this game you don't and you have to find them on enemies, which means that a lot of the, like if you're let's say like right now in my playthrough there is a, a boss that is like very difficult. And I have to go through some amount of, like, level to get to this boss. And then fighting the boss takes up maybe, like, 10, 15 minutes of time. And then I die and then I restart. It takes, like, 14 of these things, these potions, to make a real attempt on this thing. Uh, but the time it takes to just collect that number of potions is probably as much time or greater than actually fighting the boss. So each attempt takes... Probably f- really, and people will say it's, it doesn't actually take this long, but like probably like thirty minutes in your head. It might. Well, it's pro- probably realistically, it's like thirty minutes, thirty emotional time. minutes 30, at least. Right. Thirty yeah, emotional yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah. There's minutes. a like, there's a whole process of like denial, and, like whining, and just like <laughs> you know screaming and crying, and but then the finally I'm like of grief, finally denial, I have to, like, whining, screaming, and crying. <laughs> well, it's different for everyone, right? Uh, <laughs> I would say you've summed up yours quite aptly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You but, can experience these uh, and more in your Twitch emotes. Right, but then also, like you know, when you're streaming this game, it, it just feels like well, why are why are, why are people watching me just collect these things over and right. over again? It's so stupid. So like, I just I feel really bad mm. uh, about that process. And, I see. And it's I'm not good enough at the game to like just Stream knock the bosses it? down yeah. instantly, and so it's a weird experience where like I'm enjoying huh. the game a lot. But then there's this sort of built-in like grinding that yeah. has to happen. Yeah. So I'm in this weird spot of like, do I just grind off-stream, collect a bunch of these sure. things, and then stream the game, or do I just say fuck that it? That sounds and, like work. Well, it, it will be, which is a thing that makes me not want to play the game. But then like I'm caught in this like paradigm of like, uh, well, I guess I'm just going to be stuck playing this game, and people are going to watch me do a lot of boring stuff. I don't know. It's weird. It's weird. But I mean, I know the games. I like it a lot. It's just is that sure. one thing is like a, it's a weird like wrench in the whole operation yeah i don't know anyway yeah huh eh. it's funny how that i mean you it's know, a minor change i mean it's right not, it's not a significant exactly, yeah. enough change that initially i thought oh well, this isn't that big of a deal but then well, and if when you hit the wall yeah. you realize oh fuck this means well, i'm gonna the, be here for like three hours well it has this meta element of like yeah the the effect on on screen i mean yes. do you know if people have if your audience has like suggested Alternate strategies that well, would they they say this at all? it's well they they kind of know exactly which enemies are more likely to drop these things uh, and like to sort of like different areas of the world where I should be farming versus oh my God, not farming yeah. but they right. always using the word farming right which so yeah, no, just like, no. the there's yeah. not the guy in chat Ugh. screaming like just go to this place and get this thing that will actually make this right. less bad right. instead no. they're like here's how to optimize yeah. the bad no I, yeah. I keep asking like is there a way to like not do this nope this is the game oh fuck like yeah there's Man, no there's no real way around it it yeah I'm kind of I'm very 
conflicted about it because I, I really like that's, I like the game a lot. Like other than that, that's the kind of thing that just I would just I would just stop. You'd be done. Play, I would be yeah. done. Well, yeah. I'm in that space right now where like I haven't played in the last couple of days, and I'm like, oh, I really need to right. get through this game, but now it just feels like work, and I yeah. don't know what to do about it. Part of me just wants to go on to Dark Souls three, but then I feel bad for the people that like really wanted me to enjoy that game, like Bloodborne. So, so I, just, we have I don't to, know what to do. We have to do a uh, we have to do a team stream. Um, I guess we don't yet. No. I was going to say when we hit our next Patreon goal, well, whatever. Right. Um, we could also, you could, if you wanted to, I could go over to your house and we could stream it and we could do something. That's we could true. Do, we could line something up to like fill the time. I don't know. Oh, we could bring yeah. back the cocktails. That's true. That's, you know, that's dangerous. Given, well, the, well, yeah, yeah. Here, the the, I haven't, I haven't had a drink uh, while playing Bloodborne really, and s- that's maybe really? one of the reasons why farming. If I maybe if I maybe Those if I started drinking again, are, are, maybe if I started drinking again, then maybe it would be easier. The, I don't want to, I don't want to propose anything that's too complicated. Uh-huh. Um, this coming from a person who's affixed five webcams to a room, <laughs> but uh, we're one so inclined. One could make an exploit setup where the pip could change to a pip of someone actually doing bartending instead of Nick's uh, face being on screen uh, all the time. Yeah, right. We've and have about audio this. from both. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So you'd keep the game big, yeah. but then if you're like, fuck it, just show Chris with a cocktail shaker, yeah. uh, and then it would be right. fun. Maybe that would pass the time, and then also like more booze drinking would happen. Mm. <laughs> We'd have to probably do that here. Yeah. I mean, I guess That's we, probably we could. True. We could figure or we'd it have out. to buy Nick additional cameras and stuff. There's like three more laying around this office. We're oh, lousy with them. Well, anyway, you can. Well, anyway, this is this is this is not off, good podca- off, podcasting, off but it's a PS4 game. game. So remember that you have to. It's the PSI camera. So we, we'd have to figure. Uh, out a way, we'd have to figure out a way to, to run the PS4 a into XSplit. Yeah. So anyway, whatever. <laughs> well, we have that solved the other here thing in the office. We yeah. just don't have a, a PS4. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, but we have that solved, right? Because we have that mage well. Yeah. I guess that would work. Yeah. That it great, would, it would work. great old Magewell. Anyway, stay tuned. Maybe we'll do something wacky. Maybe not. Yeah. I got um, to say the word Magewell on the podcast, though, which I'm always happy about. <laughs> what a brand name. It is a very it's, good brand name. It's yeah. very good. Yeah. If you're looking for good equipment, make sure that you buy your video <laughs> trans transcoders from Magewell <laughs> and that you get your audio equipment from Mark of the Unicorn. And you get your <laughs> and you, when, be a to mix it all together. Don't forget about yeah. voice meter banana. Yeah. Make sure that all this stuff is incredibly <laughs> professional, and you can tell that it's professional because it sounds like what someone would call themselves when they're DMing uh, at PAX. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have a continuation here of the souls discussion. Mm. Um, this is Henrik Henrik who writes. Hello, Thumbs. Dark Souls and to a lesser degree Demon Souls are games where the understanding of the gameplay events are dependent on the metaphysics and the mythology supporting the game world. You can focus on the games as dexterity-heavy action RPGs, but that's like reading only the dialogue in a dialogue-heavy book. The game tries to reveal to the player a set of meanings for all the gameplay. For example, dying and loading, the distinction between PCs, NPCs, and monsters, not finishing the game, etc. Almost everything in the game supports this purpose, but a lot of it is delivered through descriptive world-building, lore. With books, a lot of people skip slow sections and and, uh, many people watch movies while doing something else on their computer at the same time. The latter I can't comprehend, but in general, it's accepted that these are mediums where you're supposed to give your focus to the work and consume all of it. Um, To discuss a book and its themes, you should probably finish it. Even in games with an ending, it's very common that many people don't reach the end. For a lot of games, there really isn't a strict intended set of experiences, more of a buffet to choose from. 
Dark Souls feels like an, uh, an anomaly, both in its execution and the attention players have given to it. A lot of games with a story do seem to aspire to do something similar, but either they fail or I just don't understand the brilliant thematic work that Far Cry 4 is. Far Cry 4? Do you think he meant Far Cry 2? No. I, I think he just meant just Far, Cry Far Cry 4. Oh, he's just dumb. He meant Far Cry X, Chris, which um, I wasn't supposed to reveal on this podcast. I see. Uh, he <laughs> we'll continues. Leave that out. Uh, well, anyway, so... Uh, he says, do you think ga- uh, games can realistically support this kind of unified, intentional, um, auteur-like approach to game making? Or are games like uh, Dark Souls invariably oddities that accidentally survive being games made by large teams under time and budget pressures? PS2, this is... Uh, P- PS2. PS2. PS, <laughs> this is also why Dark Souls 2 is such a disappointing game to me. It lacks the cohesion of its predecessor. I haven't watched Nick play that one yet, Um but Nick might enjoy it more than Dark Souls, as surely partially due to streaming, he is focused mainly on the boss fights, which are my least favorite part of the games. Thank you for all the pods, Henrik. But my favorite part of novels. I <laughs> 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 oh, always skip to the boss fights at the sure. end of every oh, chapter. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got stuff to do. Yeah. Uh, I I don't know. I find I find the thing about games is that they are so time consuming and so long and so unpredictable in the amount of effort that is required to complete them. I mean, and especially well, in a game that is, has a very high skill that asks a lot out of you, which is totally like a valid thing for games to do. And I, some of my favorite game experiences are when the game asks a lot out of me, but it also means that sometimes I just don't, I'm just not going to see all of it because I just, I just need to do other things in my life, like the end, you know, and it, it, that's just tough. It's not really how many how many games combine all of the th- like. Wow, that was me jumping to the end of my thoughts. Sorry, uh-huh. <laughs> a game that asks a lot out of you mechanically, yeah, is often uh, not a game that also asks you to get to the end of it to be able to synthesize meaning out of it. Whereas right. a game that asks you to get to the end to be able to, you know, have some sort of meaning or to understand the completeness of it is usually not a game that is demanding from a dexterous or like understanding of its inner workings thing. I mean like the middle ground. Okay. I'm about to start talking about Bioware games. I'm going to talk about them for like a half second because I've not played enough of them to know enough about them. But the way people discuss Bioware games implies to me that from a mechanic standpoint, they are not a life and death situation. The, the, yeah, that and stuff, that's increasingly true that stuff over is the there to history be, of Bioware. Yeah. To be crunchy and to give you the moment-to-moment feeling of what's happening. Yeah. And obviously, you know, there are a bunch of things to do, but the thing that people, Bioware games feel like the RPG equivalent of a bingeable multiple seasons of television Yeah, I think me. that's that's basically like at least true, they're, yeah. they're increasingly optimizing towards and that. The, yeah, and the, the, seri- the series, the different Bioware series are a little different in that regard, but I would say all in all, they've all been moving I, in that direction I, over I the last that, like. 10 I mentioned years. that because those are that is a set of games that has a relatively fixed story. I mean, obviously it has branches. Um, yeah, but they have a they have a definite conclusion. But the point of those games yeah. is to complete them, and at the same time, you're doing a ton of stuff in the middle of them. But because of that, it's almost like the needle is like it's in the middle, and it's it's not like. There aren't two needles that are pointing to extreme demands and extreme necessity that you complete the story in a bio, you know, as right. opposed to like a telltale video game is like you're not challenged, but right. the objective is to get to the end or like right, a, right, or right. A, a a naughty dog game, you can dial how many hits it takes to kill a guy up and down, but like the, yeah, fe- the feeling of mastery is not what's I mean, important. I mean, I think in, in Naughty those. Dog games and Bioware games are both, at this point, especially designed to be completable, yeah. in a ga- both in a story sense and a gameplay sense. I mean, they want people yeah. to, like, always be able to get to the next thing. Right. And they're, I assume, tested and tuned carefully to allow for that. Yeah, as, a, as opposed to 
master I mean, Dark the Souls shit is not this. like that at all. No, and it seems like the people who like the people who want to complete a Dark Souls game, yeah, Dark Souls is a weird outlier. But at the same time, I don't think that I don't know. I don't know. I don't know enough about Dark Souls. Do you think Dark Souls was meant to be digested as a story, or do you think that's there as like? window dressing slash things like for people to find but like you know what's the reason that God, people I, I mean I know, Dark Souls yeah. is a weird one I, it's I, hard I to speak to based that on, I, I, I think based on interviews developers have given I think it's pretty clear that they did it, it absolutely intend that yeah intend yeah. what I mean, intend the, the totality of the experience to all feed into all the other parts of it be a sort of harmonious whole that uh, like that the player um Fully absorbs and yeah. considers. I mean, I think that is definitely it feels what that like it team is a, intended. In in this regard, I think this is a really good reader mail because I do think that Dark Souls is a pretty rare outlier that is like about mastery, but at the same time, it is about experiencing all the content. Yeah, like think, well, usually, th- about th- and with respect to and theme like, and world all of those and, things. Then also, yeah, like thematically yeah. tie together and give you yeah. a cohesive experience. Like usually, I mean, I think a lot of like games <clears throat> there's concessions on one side or the other of that. I think a lot of games want to to be that and tend to be that, but like are so thread threadbare in their in the sort of theme side of it that it's not. Uh, you yeah. know, I don't feel bad about not getting to all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean. Uh, like I was sort of starting to say earlier, for me, it's usually just a practical consideration. Like, I mean, even in something that's really good, the number of hours required for me to get all that stuff, like, it's just not going to happen most of the time. I just can't. Well, I feel like with Dark Souls, like, I can look back at that game and without really being able to describe the plot necessarily, I can, I have a vague sense of, like, the cohesion that I think exists there that mm-hmm. people were sort of pointing me I towards. Think, yeah. But the, the, the problem I had is that when you're standing in front of this boss that is just fucking beating the shit out of you and right. you don't know what you're doing, that is what you're thinking about. You're not thinking about like, oh, this guy's yeah. clearly the right. character that yeah. relates to this. I have trouble with that So I feel well, like yeah. you, you really do have to, like the mastery is like, it's not just you beat the game. It's probably you beat the oh, game. Oh, you then internalize you, the game. You yeah. fully go, but you go back, you play it again, you play it again, you play it again. Oh, now I like, now you're relaxed enough that you can actually digest that stuff. But yeah, that's, you're I, talking about like hundreds of hours. I probably. wonder, I mean, when you think about the, the mastery element of it, sorry. Uh, a thing that I was thinking about is uh, this is a, a way lighter weight example than dark souls, obviously. Um, but a game, a game that like had a very clear mechanical and narrative and thematic through line for me at least was Shadow of the Colossus. Yeah, I keep thinking about that. However, too. Sh- like Shadow of the Colossus is a like is a game where I'm sure I've not gotten to the end of that. I've got, I got far, but I didn't complete it, and I'm sure the ending of it added some sort of additional like texture and layering to what was going on. But I felt by the time I was a couple of Colossuses into that game that I. I got a lot out of it. And I think mm-hmm. the the like when you're talking about going boss to boss in Dark Souls, what it actually reminds me is when it comes to mechanical mastery of a game uh, and sort of even how that can influence your feeling of what the game is, that is so episodic in nature that it I don't know if you can make the direct comparison to the experience of a book or a film. I th- I feel like the same way that you could watch a season of a TV show or a really strong pilot and get a gist of what it's about that feeling does actually map pretty closely to like, I've played through this game enough that I've gotten, you know, I've completed three bosses or I've unlocked X percent of the game and I've, I'm very adept 
edit and its inner workings, you might not be the lifer who gets all the way to the end of that mm-hmm. TV series, but you'll be able to you've, – you've formed enough – you've spent enough time with it that you can have an opinion about it. That it's right. given you interesting experiences, and that's very different. Like stopping at halfway through a season of a TV show or stopping halfway – through a book. Through, or through, <clears throat> yeah, or like, or stopping at season two of a TV show that you know is seven seasons long mm. is very different. Oh, than okay, st- yeah, yeah. Either of those things, yeah, is very different than just turning a film off three quarters of the way through or yeah, dropping definitely. a book partway through. Yeah, right. Because I, f- I think. Yeah, one is continuous and linear. and Yeah, and, and, and one, one is, is, is like episodic and cycling. Yeah, definitely. And um, I, yeah, I think you're right about that. I also think, you know, based on my experiences playing, I mean, I still to this day, the one of these games I've played the most of Demon is Demon's Soul, Souls. Yeah. So it's maybe not completely applicable, but I kind of suspect it is applicable to this particular point, um, which is I think not playing that game on a stream, for instance, allowed me to, like, I I remember paying a lot more attention to the story of of that game as I was going. And I think it's because I was playing it alone in my apartment without anyone watching me. And so I could, like, I could just sort of, like, when I did get, through a part, I would just want, stop right? and like look around, and and I think that is a mode of playing that is probably like softly discouraged in your case, Nick, because of the like, you know, I mean, if, even as you were saying with respect to the vials, like you're already sort of um, like insecure about not providing enough entertainment per minute or whatever to your stream audience. Um, so I think that that also sort of puts its thumb on the scale a little bit um, in terms of how you're like able yeah. to experience these games. Um, but yeah, I, I think about this general topic not not just in terms of Dark Souls. I think about it a lot because I think it's something that games are. Um, I think it's just really difficult to solve this. Yep. I mean, I, I, games are just big and weird <clears throat> and time consuming in a really specific way that I don't think just directly maps to. I mean, books can be really challenging, but just in a in a totally different, just in a very different way. You know, yeah. I mean, just straight up differently. Um, and I, I think there's a, I think the comparisons, I think like the sort of well, all art is like sort of has the same ends and means, just the mechanics of it are different. I, I don't, I, I the, think increasingly that just doesn't hold. And I think games are just very different. I, the tough thing, the tough thing about Dark Souls is that you can spend 20 hours on one section of that game and two hours on the next, right? right. And there's a memory issue that happens oh, there sure. at least for me yeah. uh, even just navigating around the level structure like one of the great things about Dark Souls 1 and there's this crazy sort of um, like cross section uh, painting that somebody did of the kind of like world structure but everything is like perfectly connected and, and like it all that mm-hmm. builds into the theme of the story and everything but like I had very little sense of that from stream to stream because I just couldn't really remember because it takes so long to get through these areas that then you go back to an area that you were there like tw- like maybe two weeks ago, and I right. like I don't remember this. Like it's so difficult. Um, just the number of hours. But with a book, you can knock through a book, you know, in a couple of days. You, you know, unless it's like a really long book. So I don't. I, it, and that just allows you to, I think, like get your wrap your head around that in a way that, like, with a game that is maybe played over a course of a month, you just can't. Well, that's interesting because some of my deepest memories of games are ones that I spent lots of time with, but it was. So, for instance, like here, here's an example: Grim Fandango. That's not a ga- that is not a game that is like Dark Souls in in almost any respect at all. But uh, you know, it is a world. It's got skeletons. It's, it's got yeah. skeletons. True, it's got skeletons in it. Don't give up. And uh, I remember <laughs> that game took me like the better part of a year to complete. Yeah. And I've also sort of replayed that game a few times, but not all the way through. I think I've probably only fully played through that game one time. The third and as, as a through. result of that, like the 
the closer to the beginning of the game you get, the more just sort of reps of it I've mm-hmm. done. You know, it's almost like yeah. Uh, it, oh, I played through the first like act of that game exercise. a billion times. Right, and so yeah. every and single act. like s- pixel of yeah. every screen, you know, for, at the begin at the very beginning of that game is is like a perfect. Like I could just recreate from memory exactly. If you could just like you could project draw my brain all the camera mapping. Oh, I could draw. Yeah. I could definitely sketch exactly, every frame of right. that. And yeah. the farther yeah. you go into that game, the more that degrades. Yeah, you know, to, by the end of the game, my memories are like emotional and sort of like broad brushstroke mm. and like oh and when like this is how it wraps up and it feels like this but you know but I couldn't sit there and be like and this happens then this happens then this happens and this right. happens and it looks like this and this is how it is and someone's standing right there and so on and so on but I can totally do that for the beginning and I think it's because of the nature of the time I spent even though those the rest of the game I still spent many hours in because I would get stuck for long periods of time you know right. it's, it's just a memory creation through repetition yeah you. exactly yeah and so I think um, yeah, memory is just created in very different ways, and and games are experiential. So you're sort of in that place, you know. Like the first time you drive somewhere, yeah. you're not going to be able to reproduce that route. Well, I mean, depending on how, f- whatever, but depending on a lot of things. But you know, the more times you you drive to the place, the better you know well, the and, world. And the thing that it. you experience the most in one of those games is a particular boss because you get stuck on it for like a straight right. hour. Whereas yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the sort of general content, which is where most of, I think, the, the sort the of lore the is, lore yeah. is, you can kind of just blow past that. Now, I, I blow past that because that's just the way that I play. Sure. But so what? Like, that's just the way that I play. You know, I mean, like, you can't play a book differently, really. You just read through it, right? So, I mean... Yeah, sort of. I mean, you I mean, can, sort of. You can, you can sit there and you can read drill more, down, you can but read I mean, more actively. But it's, it's it still, means something different than it's it, than different. In a game. It's different. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I mean, when it says like turn to page thirteen, you, you, <laughs> do, you don't have to do it. You can go to page seven if you choose. You read page seven like twenty times in a row option. if you want to. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, my books I read differently. I mean, you can ignore all those and you can just get all the content. You can just skip to the end. You can just read all the pages in order and you'll get yeah, every are... single content and you'll understand it way better than that rube who I wonder, turned to page seventeen. Okay, I feel like we've got to, we're coming up on the end of this episode, but this is yeah, a, this is a question are. that I, I I wonder about. I wonder how, there are, over the history of choose your own adventure books, there have been a, they published a fair number of them, mm-hmm. and I wonder oh, how, yeah. I wonder how heavily they were QA'd. I wonder if there's actually any dead content <laughs> any in bugs? those. Oh my god! Yeah, I wonder if there's any like three any page blockers, like, like yeah, like a little three page sheaf in the middle of that that has never mm-hmm. been jumped to other that than by people who read it. That could be an Easter egg as well. Yeah, like if you there's totally if there's effectively cut content, there's the one copy. That has the jump to this. Yeah, page. like if the first that edition be, of these books have, have cut copy that that yeah. was that, was still that would shipped. be a really good thing to do though in a book that's like you know those books were always sort of fantasy and sci-fi high concept things. I mean, it right. would be that would be a good thing to do in a book that contains like an alternate dimension or a right. Weird just the paper like how do they get here? They don't understand yeah. how they got there or how they leave because yeah. it literally is not jumped yeah. to or from yeah. from uh-huh. anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. And add this to the pile of like hypothetical things we've talked about that may or may not already actually exist yeah. that a reader can can tell us. Oh, speaking yeah. of that, uh, really quick on Reddit.com uh, in the last couple of weeks, someone oh. posted an image that was amazing of Portal Two Co-op oh, running yeah. on a 3D TV, yeah. and they had a set of the of two different polarized just sunglasses. I mean, the 3D glasses that looked really nice, and they just waved them in front of the camera, and it switched from player one's view to player two's view. They're like, oh, yeah, this is just our TV just supports this stand na- natively. Yeah. It was crazy. It was a really, it was a really cool demo. Then mm-hmm. everyone in the comments said, actually, this sucks because the polarization isn't as clear as you'd want, and you can yeah, see there's ghosts. Ghosting, there's yeah. ghosting of the other player's playthrough. Blah, so if blah, you make blah, a blah. multiplayer game about ghosts, perfect. Right. I mean, it just, like, don't even need to solve it. Right. Yeah. 
Ghost Game, Gone Home. That's true. If you ported Gone Home. If you made Gone Home versus uh, working in there. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be good. It would fit right in. Or just two people playing Gone Home uh, simultaneously. <laughs> <laughs> Competitive Gone, Gone Home. Gone Home Racing. Oh, man. Yeah. Race Gone, your Gone ghost. Gone Home DM. <laughs> Gone Home Ghost Run. Yeah. Yeah. Gone Home Ghost Run is the iOS version of Gone Home. <laughs> it's the sh- it's the shareware version of yeah, Gone Home. Yeah, sex screen experience. Uh, anyway, thanks for listening to this episode of Idle Thumbs. Yes, thank you. Uh, we still have, obviously, new episodes of our new show, Important If True, going up. If you go to importantiftrue.com, you will be able to subscribe to that feed there. Um, please tell a friend about either of our of our shows, this one, Idle Thumbs, or that one, Important If True. If you like either of them or both, your uh, help spreading the word is the absolute best tool we have, really one of the only tools we have to, um, to, to grow these shows. And thank you if you have pledged to our Patreon at patreon.com slash idle thumbs. Um, we really, really, really appreciate it. We are working on our next goal there. We, if we added a new um, supporter tier since the thing went live, a $15 tier where we will sign your postcard and maybe put something stupid on it. Uh, and um, and also you can contribute to what will soon be a monthly oh yeah ruination stream, which is just tell us what to talk about and make us talk about it, and we'll talk that about it. That may have happened by the time this comes out. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Oh, speaking of things that may have happened, uh, when Chris said GDC is next week, he forgot that we have stolen Mario's time machine, and the GDC is in fact the week you are listening to this episode. So during that right. time, during the time when you are listening to us say these things aloud, oh my god. GDC is so much closer than I thought. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, these things get confusing when you travel through time. So hopefully when you're listening <laughs> to this, um, we'll be running around uh, GDC recording some sort of podcast content for you next week. Got it. That's correct. Jake said the true thing. I, that's, how, that's what I do. Uh, you can send us uh, email. Please do send us email to questions at idlethumbs.net. Don't stop sending in video game reader mail because we Need will it. use it. On these podcasts. We need it, as Jake said. Uh, we're on Twitter, at Idle Thumbs. We're on Facebook, at facebook.com slash Idle Thumbs. Our website is idlethumbs.net slash Idle Thumbs or, or uh, idlethumbspodcast.com. And, uh, oh, consider checking out the Idle Forums if you don't already post there. We just registered a new URL to take you straight there, which is idleforums.com. And it's a really great community of people talking about games and just all kinds of other things going on. It's a really friendly community. It's uh, sort of very well, like sort of self-reinforced welcoming tone. It's very good, very good place, very good forum, very good community. Idleforums.com, idlethumbs.net, all this all this stuff is there. Oh, and if you want to watch us on Twitch, uh, which we sometimes do, including live streaming episodes, you can go to idlethumbs.casino. That's true. That's very true. Thank you for listening or watching, and we will be back. Bye. Yep. God, you guys. For all the thumbs, I'm Jake Rodkin. Whoa! <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs>